So today I just want us to see is how, for instance, our lifestyles, and I know our lifestyles are all different, but they can affect our prayer. And then the lost, the unsaved decision for Christ. I hope that's what we see. Let me just start off by again saying I'm not perfect, you know, by no stretch of the imagination. Uh, so this topic is, is prayer, and it's going to be something that all of us are familiar with. I know we've probably all been to D1. And uh, so this is going to be just like returning to school from your summer break. It's just a refresher. Okay, so don't get yourself all in a bind about it, okay? So... What I want us to see is that we know God answers prayers by yes, no, and not yet. Well, let's just take it one step further and say the yes is because of our obedience. Now, I know God answers his prayers any way he wants to because he's God. But we're just going to go here. The no is because of our disobedience. And the not yet, let me ask a question. Does anybody know what you would call a B? That's a bumblebee that hadn't made up his mind yet. Call him a maybe. <laughs> so just maybe. Maybe it's because we're being indecisive. You know, we haven't made up our mind yet about what we know God wants us to do. So before we pray, this is what I want us to consider the next time. Two verses. Psalms 34, 15 and 1 Peter 3, 12. And then the next time we pray, maybe we can knock out that not yet and possibly even the no. So let's look at those two verses. Psalms 34, 15 says, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. And I know we get ourselves in situations just like David when in a crisis, we the righteous, we can trust the Lord to see us when we're in a time of need. But the question is, can he trust us to be there for him, about, to be about his kingdom agenda, you know, sharing the gospel each and every day? 1 Peter 3.12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. God is watching each and every one of us. He's watching our walk. He's watching what we're doing and what we're not doing. God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings, and we can access those blessings if we're under God's authority. So again, I ask a question. Have we turned from our evil doings? Have we tamed our tongue? Are we doing what's right? Remember, God is watching each and every one of us. So remember, God is opening to our prayers. And he hears what we're saying, but he also sees what we're doing. So if our prayers are not being answered, maybe it's because of something that's because of us. Our prayers need God's grace. This room would be empty if it wasn't for prayer. There would be no MBT if it wasn't for prayer. 
And then some of us can remember the 24-7 prayer that we had because we were trying to issue out the demons and the devils and the evil spirits that were going on at the church. There's someone else's life that's dependent on our prayers. So when we look at the word righteous in these two verses, we know that it's not our righteousness because Isaiah 64 and 6 tells us that our righteousness is as filthy rags. It's God's righteousness that we need to be concerned about, that we need to show, that we need to try to instill in our bodies. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, not ours. So what I see there about the righteousness is that it's putting us in a position. If we're not in the position that God wants us to be in, I don't think we go, our prayers are going to be answered. Summer's husband, Tony, is a firefighter. I'm quite certain he'll tell us that a position is, is a big part. It's, it's a life and death situation if he's not in the right position to, to fight that fire. Jonathan, we all know what Jonathan looks like. He looks like he lifts weights. I'm sure that he would even tell us you have to be in the right position underneath those weights because it's a life and death situation. Larry, he's trying to put us in the right position about saving our money, making money, spending money. He's trying to put us in a biblical aspect of how to do those things, the right position. So we're being told that in order for those things to happen, God is watching each and every one of us. We need to be in the right position. To use our prayer as a weapon. Cowboys, they have a weapon. It's a gun. I like cowboy movies. They seem to be pretty good at solving their problems with that gun in those movies. And it's a permanent fix. <laughs> My wife, she watches Hallmark Channel, Lifetime. The weapon of choice in that show is tears and a soft heart. <laughs> now, them tears seem to be pretty good. And a soft heart seems to work. She calls it love. Us as Christians, we have a, we have a, a prayer for our weapon. The tears, sometimes that's good to use. The soft heart we definitely need when trying to share the gospel to the lost, and we hope their, their heart is softened by the word of God that we give. The gun, I don't think we can use that. You know, we don't want to force salvation upon nobody. The prayer is our only weapon. And when God's involved in that weapon, we can't lose. So today what we're going to do is we're going to look at 2 Chronicles 7.14. We won't look at it now, but when we do, we hope we see for ourselves. Is there something that we want to happen, or is there something that we need to do? So let's pray. Father God, we come before you. We just thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your kindness. We thank you for your love. And dear Lord, we thank you for your word that gives us an opportunity to understand who you are and what you want us to do. Lord, may we put ourselves in the right position to hear from you, to see the answers, dear Lord. Lord, that we might glorify you in our prayer each and every day, Lord. We just thank you for each individual that's here. And 
We just hope that we get something out of it. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to start off by telling you about a lady, Miss Johnson. Miss Johnson, she's a lady of prayer. She doesn't lean to her own understanding. She acknowledges God in all his ways. So Miss Johnson was heading to prayer this Wednesday. They go on Wednesday. She stays within walking distance, so she was walking. She gets halfway there, and she realizes she left her prayer pack at home. So she turns around, walks back home. She turns up into the yard. She realizes her blinds are shut. Now, she usually doesn't shut her blinds until she comes back from prayer. She advances on up to her porch, and she also realizes that her front screen door is not left like she left it either. So she calls the police. Now, most of us would probably wait outside for the police to get there, but not Miss Johnson. She goes right on inside. She kind of reminds me of my mother when I was young, but that's a whole different story. She goes on the inside and she realizes, she walks down the hallway, she sees two men in her TV room trying to take her TV off the wall with their backs to her. So she immediately hollers out, Acts 238. She starts praying and preaching. The men throw their hands up in the air. Shortly after that, the police come in through the door with their guns drawn. She points over into the room where the young men are. One of the police officers walks up to him and says, what are you doing? He says, nothing, officer. He says, wait a minute. I'm going to ask you again. There's a little old lady back here. She's preaching and praying. and You guys are standing here with your hands up, trembling. What are you doing? He says, well, officer. She says she had an ax in 238s. <laughs> so we know, we know that this is Peter saying, repent, every one of you. Be, be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the Holy Ghost. So what's been stressed in this passage is repentance, change of mind, change of action, and the change of heart. This is what we're going to need. This is turning away from wrong to God. Now for me and for you too, I know everybody's at least repented once. Sometimes I repent more than I, have, I want to. Sometimes I have to repent just from waking up out of my sleep because of a bad dream that I just had. I don't realize what I just did, but I know it seemed so real. I didn't even know I could think that good while I was asleep. But I have to repent before my feet hit the ground. Sometimes even going about through my day, I do, I, I do certain things. I might be thinking about a family member or just remember a daily encounter. And then what happens? I got these bad thoughts. I have to repent again before I go to bed, before I say my prayers. You know, the Bible says that we should commit our works unto the Lord, and he shall establish our thoughts. Yes. Todd, Todd referred to that when he was here the last time in Proverbs 16 and 3. We need to wake up, be about our Father's business, ask him to control our thoughts, and he will. So, Prayer is what we want to talk about, but repentance is where yours and my prayer life started. Remember when we prayed that most selfish, self-centered prayer to start our own Christian walk? It was that prayer for salvation. Praise the Lord, right? Think about it. This is the one time that we prayed to God and our sin actually worked to our advantage. 
it was our sin that led us to salvation. But it won't be our sin that leads others to that point or for our prayers to be answered. In Romans 10 and 9 and 10, it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. This is what we did, and this is what we want for our families, our friends, our neighbors, and the rest of the lost world. This is what we must do. We must pray. But what kind of mindset do we need to pray and be effective in reaching those groups of people, whether it's individual or corporately as a fellowship? It's a known fact that in the world there's over 17,000 different people groups. 58% of them have heard the word of God. The other 42%, they wait on people like you and I to share the gospel. This is going to take some serious, some long at times, and heartfelt prayer. While remembering the journey that we prayed, but not yet knowing the process of prayer that went up for you and I, I remember when I told my mom about my salvation, she said with tears in her eyes, I've been praying for you your whole life. That was 36 years I was walking in darkness. And I'm sure that you and I both still have some people that we're praying for, some people that we still want to come into the salvation. You know, and it's been such a long time. And we're still waiting on that new birth. Believe it or not, that's an old school song. This is going to take some long prayer, you guys. And guess what? This is the same heart that we're going to need when it comes to sharing the gospel with the lost. It's the same heart my mama had. I, at that time, had a heart for salvation. This is going to take some long time and some listening to their conversation. And if we do so, we know just where to start and how to start our prayers if we listen. Sharing the gospel is not really that hard if we just listen to their conversation. Let the Holy Spirit guide us and lead us. So how do we become effective in our prayer life? One is by understanding who we're praying to. We're not praying to the pastor. We're not praying to each other. We're not even praying to the person we're praying for. We're praying to God. Prayer is simple to understand, but the magnitude is of such great importance. Now, I know there's going to be some times we might not even feel like praying. Believe it or not, there's going to be times when we might even feel like the person we're praying for it's not even worthy to pray for. But just remember your journey like I remember mine. And let's remember Ephesians 6 and 12. We're in a spiritual warfare. And it starts from right here within. So let's remember that old man is ready to pop up at any time. Our prayers, our communication to God, our salvation has now become our prayer card. But let's remember, we're praying to a holy God in Jesus Christ's name, in the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in John 4 and 24, we're to come to him in spirit and in truth. That's the Holy Spirit. It's not wine spirits, and God's word is truth. 
It's the only truth. So remember, we're reminded in 1 Peter 1 and 15 and 16, but as he, God, which has called you to be holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. That's no matter what we're doing, where we're going, or what we're saying. It says, because it's written, be ye holy, for I am holy. So before we pray the next time, let's think who we're praying about, and let's remember who we're praying to, praying to a holy God. In Isaiah 6 and 3, it reads, And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The birds, the trees, the flowers, the seas. If you want to see who that king of glory is and the glory and who that glory goes to, read Psalms 24. It'll show you. We're to glorify God in our actions, in our praise, and in our prayer life. So remember, when we bring our supplications to the throne of grace, we're coming before a worthy, a righteous, and a holy God. We should not come before a holy God, unclean or carelessly. We're being asked to remember our death, burial, and resurrection in Jesus Christ. Our old man being dead, we've been raised in Christ. We're called to be a peculiar people. We've been justified, sanctified. But does the world see us as such? Or just a chip off the old block? You know, your old self? What thrill or satisfaction do we get out of doing something for God if we're not being who he wants us to be? Where's the glory? You can look at that and about, read about King Saul in 1 Samuel 15 and 1, and 1 through 29. You can see what happens when you claim the glory, when you do it your own way. God demands our obedience. Our lifestyle affects our prayer and could affect the lost decision for Christ. The world and other Christians are watching and hearing you and me, us as a church. If we want salvation and discipleship for others and a proper relationship, ours first must be proper with our God. That's why this church and this fellowship, we gather on Sundays and we meet on Tuesdays and we also meet on Friday morning, 6.30 a.m. for prayer on Zoom. But now, consider this, being ready to pray. We can be standing or walking, sitting or even kneeling while praying. But if we harbor iniquity, sin in our hearts, our prayers are going nowhere. We read in Psalm 66 and 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. That's something to think about, y'all. If so, we're wasting what could be a good prayer. Other things that can hinder our prayers are not listening to the word, Proverbs 28 and 9. Not doing what the word says, James 1 and 22. Being unforgiving, Matthew 6, 14 and 15. Not asking and not asking correctly, James 4 and 2. Then there's that selfishness and that lust, James 4 and 3. 
In Isaiah 59, 1 and 2, it says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot save, neither his ear heavy that he cannot hear. Now, I know our prayers need God's grace. They need God's amazing grace. Now, we know God is omnipotent, all-powerful, and omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. But the verse says he will not hear. Now, I know that you and I get caught up in sin on occasions, and most of the times it's because that's where we want to be. And then we stay there as long as we want to be there. And when do we leave? When we get ready. And then what we want to do is claim 1 John 1, 9 and use it as a wild card. I know God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We can't put Jesus in a jug and claim a thousand wishes time after time after time. In Proverbs 28 and 13, it says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But whoso confesses and forsakes them shall have mercy. Romans 6.1, it says, Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? It goes on to say, God forbid. We need to stop. We need to stop making excuses and we need to excuse ourselves from doing what's wrong. So let's remember, there's grace, there's mercy, and there's prayer. It's all the same. We're begging. And when we do, let's do so in his righteousness, in his will. Let's be holy. If we look, at pray, if we look up prayer in the Bible, we'll find it over 500 times in the Bible. And it's always tied to grace and mercy. And what's grace and mercy? It's begging. Asking for something to happen or something not to happen. So let's do so in his righteousness, in his holiness. Let's get it right. If God was hanging out with the temptations, and that's the old school singing group, they would be singing, ain't too proud to be. We should kneel to pray to a holy God. And the first thing that we hear is the Holy Spirit's words of conviction, reminding us, revealing to us actions and attitudes that we need to confess to God, our family, others, and our spouses, that we need to be seeking reconciliation, repentance, and forgiveness from. So let's remember, our lifestyle affects our prayers and others the lost decision for Christ. So let's remember to hide God's word in our heart that we might not sin against the Holy God and grieve the Holy Spirit. So I close with this, 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, just where we started. If my people, you and I, which are called by my name, Christians, would humble themselves Come of no reputation and pray and seek my face. Then will I hear from them. And if they turn from their wicked ways, the then is a condition, y'all. He will hear from heaven and forgive us of our sin and heal our land. Now we know this message is to Israel, but we can glean from it too. God's people are being called to pray. Our earthly request for a heavenly intervention. 
for a holy God to reveal in a, in a visible manifestation the power of prayer of an obedient servant who knows who they are, humbles themselves, revealing their wickedness, seeking God for forgiveness and support and turning away from our iniquity to make us mature. And then, that's a condition. Our prayer has a chance to be answered. So let's pray. Father God in heaven, Lord, we just do remember, Father God, that you are a holy God, a God of faith and a God that believes, Father God, that we too can have that same faith and trusting in you. And dear Lord, it just makes me again remember an old school song that says, people get ready. There's a train a coming. You don't need no tickets, you just thank the Lord. So Father God in heaven, we thank you for who you are, a holy, holy, holy God. God who fashioned himself in the image of an unholy, unworthy, and sinful man, yet without sin. Why, Lord, that we might believe on your son, thanking him for his obedience unto you. But, Lord, may we be just as obedient and willing that we might follow, be focused, being fruitful while being faithful in the fear of our God. Lord, we need to go deeper in our relationships with you, with our family, and with our fellowship, that we might reach the lost. And Lord, let us remember our position in Christ. Our victory is in Christ. We're seated in heavenly places. Amen.